there's just so many options and we have such a variety of fruits and vegetables in front of us. And I just don't feel that we are utilizing them to the best of our ability and getting really creative in the kitchen. And so that's really what I wanted to showcase in my book is that you can support your hormones by eating really delicious food. And I give so many amazing options and so much variety in the books. So I really hope people do enjoy the recipes. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. What if hormonal imbalances are a symptom of something else, something bigger? Now, I know from personal experience how easy it is to blame my hormones when I am feeling sluggish, headachy, and all around crappy. But here's the deal. Hormones are running the show, and they are the first to throw up the white flag when things hit the fan. That's why you're experiencing that unrelenting exhaustion, unexplained weight gain, the stress, anxiety, worry, brain fog, sleep issues, crazy cravings, and low libido. And maybe some of those or all of the above. But there is a deeper knowing that something is driving our hormones not to function. More often than not, it's inflammation and the root cause that creates inflammation inside of the body. And here's the simple truth when it comes to healing our hormones and healing our bodies. There are foundational changes that we can make starting today, like right now. So how do you start to reset your hormones and reduce inflammation? The best way to get your hormones back on track, reduce inflammation, and lose that stubborn weight is to correct hormonal imbalances with how you eat, how you move, how you love your liver. That's why we spend so much time on this podcast talking about your liver and loving yourself through self-care rituals. Diet and lifestyle modification are powerful strategies to regulate the immune system, balance your hormones, reverse chronic disease, and heal the body. It's literally how I reversed my autoimmune condition last year. Over 80% of inflammation that's brewing in the body can be healed with food. Food is the ticket along with lifestyle practices, but it has to be the right foods. Hormone-loving foods are key, and it's no surprise inflammatory foods have got to go. As my dear friend Dr. Will Cole always says, food is either taking you closer or further away from inflammation. Today, I invited Samantha Gladish to come on and share with you how food really moves the needle when it comes to loving your hormones. And if, if you are ready to take that deep dive with me on healing your hormones once and for all here in 2020, I am hosting a special detox masterclass tonight and on Thursday, February 13th this week, and you are invited to join me. This masterclass, you will learn my number one recommendation for upgrading your health and your hormones and the biggest reason why your body and your hormones need a reset. Most importantly, a detox reset. You will discover three essential steps that will help to restore your energy levels, help you get more deep restful sleep, boost your metabolism, get glowing hair and skin, and literally balance your hormones. We're talking stress, metabolic, and reproductive hormones. So even if you have a chronic condition or you've already gone through menopause, I am going to share with you in my Detox Masterclass what your body needs to function on a daily basis because it's changed mine and over 3,000 women that I have helped to date, including my mama. 
She actually texted me today that she had ran her half marathon, and it was one of the easiest ones that she's ever ran because she's been following the three essential steps that I'm gonna be teaching you inside of the class. Now, the link for the class will be in the show notes for episode 165, or right now you could just pause the show and go to drmarisa.com slash detox masterclass to register. And when you register, you're going to get my detox blends, my detox water and detox green smoothies. So you're going to have a really awesome little cheat sheet to get you started today, which is so incredibly amazing. It's one of my favorite, favorite detox sheets to share with you because there's so many actionable recipes to do literally today. So now that you've been invited to my game-changing masterclass where we're going to meet and we're going to get to hang out, I want to take a moment and celebrate you. Every single day, I hear from new listeners who are recommended by you. So thank you so much for having those conversations and letting people know about these episodes. One such listener is Mary Hobson. She reached out to me on Facebook just a week ago. Here's what Mary had to say. I just loved your episode on how to balance your hormones in your purse. I always felt so unprepared for travel. And even when I left my house for really long days, when I had to work and attend events afterwards, your suggestions on oils, supplements, even using my phone to support my body and hormones were easy and simple to put into action. I feel ready to conquer any day. And I prep my purse based on my week each Sunday. Well, Mary, thank you so much for sharing your epic win. I am so happy to shout you out today, and I am so glad that you are feeling fully prepared to support your body and your hormones with your purse. If you are listening, Mary, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my book, The EO Hormone Solution, with a personal note from me. Just reach out on Facebook or on Instagram at Dr. Marisa, and we will get it to you ASAP. Now, if you are listening, welcome to this episode. In case you were wondering about the episode on how to balance your hormones with your purse, I just re-released it back in January, is what Mary was talking about. It was the re-release of episode 29. Now, if this podcast or any of these episodes have helped you in any way, I would love to shout you out. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into. That way, together, we are changing the way women think about their bodies and empower them with the knowledge to become the CEO of their health. Now, let's bring on Samantha Gladish to this wonderful conversation. But before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Samantha Gladish is a registered holistic nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. She's the author of The 30-Day Hormone Solution. She is the founder of holisticwellness.ca, a website dedicated to helping women lose weight and balance their hormones with delicious food. Her passion for business and is an extension of her work as a health coach. She speaks internationally on all things health, wellness, and hormones in her spare time, you're going to find her baking up delicious, healthified treats in her kitchen. Ooh, that sounds so good. And I know so many of those recipes are in her new book. Let's bring her on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Samantha Gladish. How are you doing today, honey? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here today. 
Oh my goodness. I am so, so excited. We have been talking about this date together for quite some time, you know, as we were helping to gear up for your book, which I am so happy. It is out in the world now. We get to talk about it now the 30 day hormone solution. And you are like a sister from another mother. We have the same philosophies, the same understandings. And really, I love how simple you make hormone balancing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's simple strategies. And girl, who doesn't love simple? I know, right? It's all about simplicity at its finest. I love it. Well, let's get going. First, what I want to, I want to just have you come on and, and share a little bit about yourself, because let's be honest, being a women's hormone crusader, like you and I, to do that work and to, to fight the big fight, to, to fight the big cause, to really be out there speaking for women and supporting women. What was the inspiration that had you on this journey? Yeah. So I feel like so many of us in this space kind of get into this industry because of our own health issues. And, you know, from a very young age, I was always really innately connected and interested in food and nutrition. And I was so lucky enough to grow up in a household where my mother made everything from scratch and same with my grandmother and we had a garden and all of that. But of course, as you get older and you're a teenager, those healthy habits die hard and you're like eating fast food with your friends and you know, not taking the best care of yourself and eating lots of sugar. So I had a lot of digestive issues. I had a lot of PMS issues going on as well and cramping and bloating and breast tenderness and, you know, all those kind of symptoms that make up, you know, PMS. And so I, when I got into my twenties and actually found out, oh, you can, you can do this as a career. You can be a nutritionist. Like this is what you can do for your, with the rest of your life. And I was all over it. And so I started to dive in and study nutrition and then just dove in from there. And within that first, I will never forget that first month of school in my class, you know, learning about the pill and learning about our cycle. And at that point, I was on the birth control pill. I was on it for about seven years, give or take. And then I, in that first month of school, learned all about the birth control pill and what I was doing to my body. I got off the pill and really started to implement a regimen nutritionally and, and as well as supplementally and really supporting my hormones in the best way possible. And then of course, you know, as you get older too, the stress of running your own business and entrepreneurship and all of that, I love what I do, as I'm sure, same in your case, you know, you love what you do, but we got a to-do list of 30 plus things to do every day, right? And that stress can be a lot. And so back in 2017, I was diagnosed with autoimmune Hashimoto's. And so now that has kind of been another journey of just really focusing on my own healing and my own self-care and uh, taking that knowledge that I learned from that and also sharing it with my community as well. Mm. Do you mind if I dive a little bit deeper into the Hajimoto's? Because that is such a young age to get Hajimoto's. Uh, and you know what? Because so often we don't actually pick it up until we're in our late 20s. We don't realize we have it until our late 20s or even our 30s. Tell me a little bit about when you first discovered that. Even at that time, we had just kind of just scratched the surface around root causes around Hajimoto's. What was that landscape like? Was it very, con I just feel like it must have been so confusing. It was a little bit. I mean, I knew about the thyroid, but I wasn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, I knew about the thyroid, but there's I wasn't, a gland for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't very clear about Hashimoto specifically. And I've, I had also heard, obviously, a lot about autoimmune. I was very well versed in that area because my mother 
has an autoimmune condition. You know, my mother has lupus. She also has rheumatoid arthritis. My grandmother had an autoimmune condition. All of my female cousins on my mother's side all have an autoimmune condition. So there's definitely a genetic disposition there for sure. So I was very well versed in that area, but as I'm sure you've experienced with so many women that you've worked with as well, we go to the doctor, we get our thyroid tested, they test your TSH. Right. Oh, you're your fine. pituitary hormone. <laughs> yes, and you know, and then you're sent on your way. Tell you know, and you're told, oh, those symptoms are in your head, and you know, it's like I'm feeling puffy, I'm feeling inflamed, I'm having these joint, this joint pain showing up in my body and in my wrists and, and my grip is off. I'm so tired. I'm, I can't sleep. Like I have brain fog. You're telling me this is all in my head. Like, trust me, I'm, I'm not making this up, you know? So it was definitely a journey, a very deep dive that I had to do into really getting the appropriate lab tests. And then from there working and really building a team around me, a support team of people who can really help me to navigate that terrain. Hmm. I can imagine. And I, you know, and there's definitely something to be said if you had, you know, seen it within the family and kind of felt like, okay, I kind of know this. When I was diagnosed with Hajimoto's, I did know so much about it. And I knew so much about what tests to run. And the first question I asked was, okay, how did this happen? You know, because there was no, for me, there was no genetic propensity. I had environment stress, trauma, lots of things added up to kind of create an immune system that was going a a little overactive. And so I was just curious for you, especially at a young age to get that. And how has that journey been for you? I mean, clearly that has inspired the work that you're doing today because so often and particularly around thyroid issues, Hajimoto's or Graves, it's, it's misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed until it's really the big elephant in the room until you, everyone can see it. And then we catch it. Even today that's happening how how is this the journey with with an autoimmune condition how has that impacted your life just in general just operating yeah so at first when i was diagnosed you know those were that's when my symptoms were the worst so that's when i was really so tired and tons of brain fog. My memory felt like it was failing me. And like I said, I felt really puffy in my body. So those are when my symptoms were really at its worst. And so that year specifically, that took a really long time of really integrating a lot of self-care. And of course, you know, as a nutritionist and someone who's really well-versed on the body and hormones, like I was already eating such an incredibly clean, organic, gluten-free diet and dairy-free and sugar-free. You know, I was already doing that. I was already implementing workouts and movement and exercise. Like this was all a part of my lifestyle. So sometimes it hits you and you're like, how is this happening to me? I take such good care of myself, right? But that first year I had to spend a lot of time on slowing down and I'm someone that loves to move very fast and take you on all the projects and yeah. do all the things as do you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, and so I really had to slow down and that was definitely a challenge. And one of the biggest areas I had to focus on was my sleep. And if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. And my sleep was really suffering. And so I would wake up numerous times throughout the night. I had this very tired but wired feeling at nighttime. So I had issues falling asleep. So I had to make sleep a really, really big priority because of course, if you're feeling tired, the first area to look at is the quality of your sleep, right? And so I really put a lot of energy into my sleep. So that first year was just really slowing down. I really couldn't work out. 
I, I was doing more daily walks and I still include a lot more daily walks, but now I have just so much more of my energy back. So I'm back in the gym and lifting weights and doing some more high intensity and it feels really good now. But initially that wasn't the case. And that was hard to accept because again, as someone that moves like really fast and wants to do all the things, I had to really recognize that my diagnosis was really this gift and this opportunity for me to slow down and to tune in and to just really reassess my schedule and the things that I was doing day to day. I think those are all so, so important. And it seemed like your love for understanding the role that nutrition plays on our hormones and on our body as a whole really became the forefront. And one of the things that I love so much about you is how you can show us the way to eat delicious food that really supports our body, supports our hormones. And I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit. Cause when I, as I look at the book, your 30 day hormone solution book, the recipes are incredible, are amazing. And I'm just like, I'm in. Sign me up for this. This is delicious. So, you know, talk to me about the the importance of that for you, not only nourishing foods, hormone-loving foods, but also foods that we can all get behind. Absolutely. So food has always just been a huge passion of mine. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up in a household where my mother made everything from scratch and same with my grandmother. And so I was always around really amazing home cooked food. And so and it's funny because my mother, she is, she's Portuguese. And so she jokes how, you know, my father, who's Canadian, born and raised in Canada, and he introduced my mother to the hamburger at the age of 19. And she introduced him to real food at the age of 19. And, you know, she was from obviously the island. So ate lots of like fresh fruits and vegetables and fish. And so I really got a lot of that interest in food from my mother for sure. And so I never want to be deprived when I eat. I want to eat really good food. And we all know how it can feel to like white knuckle your way through a diet or something like that. And that is just not what I want to teach women. And I really want women to understand that healthy eating, healthy food doesn't have to be bland and boring. There's so many simple swaps that you can do from in your day to day and foods that you can include every day that really support detoxification. So things like artichokes, which I absolutely love, they are so incredible for the liver and for the gallbladder, and they can really help with bile release, which is really important for helping your your body to break down and emulsify fat. And when we think about grains, I mean, I know back in the day, my plate was full of grains and just very carbohydrate rich foods. And that of course was impacting my, my blood sugar levels. You know, when we think about our blood sugar and we often think about just sugar in general, we think about eating cookies and cakes and treats and things like that. And yes, that's sugar, but we often forget about how white bread and white flour products can impact our blood sugar. And even eating something like a healthier grain, like quinoa or spelt, you know, these can still impact your blood sugar. They're going to break down into glucose. And if you have really unstable blood sugar, you're going to experience more irritability and more mood swings and headaches and potential weight gain and PMS symptoms, it will just make all of your hormonal imbalances just worse. So we don't want that. So when it comes to grains, you know, they can really have an affinity to irritating the gut and sometimes as well as impacting the thyroid very negatively. And so these can be really easy swaps, having cauliflower rice or 
zucchini noodles or carrot noodles or sweet potato noodles Ooh, or something like we love sweet potatoes or spaghetti squash. Yes. Oh. So many squashes and there's mm-hmm. so many varieties of them. Um, broccoli rice, especially if you are like cutting off the broccoli stems and throwing those out, do not do that. You can s- save those stems and then you can pulse them and make it into rice or you can even spiralize broccoli noodles. So there's just so many options and we have such a variety of fruits and vegetables in front of us. And I just don't feel that we are utilizing them to the best of our ability and getting really creative in the kitchen. And so that's that's really what I wanted to showcase in my book is that you can support your hormones by eating really delicious food. And I give so many amazing options and so much variety in the book. So I really hope people do enjoy the recipes. I think that they absolutely are. And I just love, it really just shows exactly, you you make it so easy. It's so simple to follow. And it really demonstrates, you know, how all these delicious foods can really, really go and support us far more than we think. I don't think we realize sometimes how important food is to our healing process. And you've done such a marvelous job at really articulating that in the book. And so I do my best on the show to always be talking about that. You know, the saying that food is medicine, it truly is. Like when I got diagnosed with Hajimoto's, you know, we, I went straight into an autoimmune protocol because I was eating very hormone loving foods. I was already set at lots of green smoothies, like a pound of veggies every single day, lots of lean proteins and lots of healthy fats, tons of avocado girl. I love me some Amazing. avocado. Oh my God. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, we were still eating some legumes and nightshades had to go. So like it got a little bit strict, but it was the tipping point for me. It, when when we ro- when we locked in on really really nourishing um, our bodies, because my husband's always on the train. He's like, okay, we're this is what we're doing. We're doing this. I got it. And I just love that he's always so supportive. And it was the it was the turning point for me. And I always tell people like it's it's foundational because whether you know what the root cause is or not, and sometimes it can be a little bit challenging to kind of figure it out. If you don't have that foundation, it is so much harder. You know, it's just adding more layers to the confusion of what's really going on. Absolutely. And I love that you went AIP. I I did that as well. And I think it is such a healing tool, especially obviously for anybody who has autoimmune, but even anybody who might be dealing with like just a lot of digestive issues in general, it really is such a healing diet, but it does have a lot of substitutions. So it can be hard to kind of you know, make that switch right away, especially if you're not already eating a healing diet, just to switch right over to AIP can really seem um, challenging, but it's so incredible. And I do feel that, you know, anybody that's listening that has autoimmune should definitely look into it for sure. Absolutely. We've had a couple episodes here because I you know, always want to document what's going on and, and how it's doing. We fell in love with plantains, but you know, lots of squashes, lots of lots of veggies, and just really clearing out anything that could have been disrupting the digestive system. Cause as you and I both know, that's really where the immune system is housed. That's really where the immune system is interacting with the environment. And so, you know, not and it's not always the case that we've got to go that strict. But sometimes even giving yourselves, you know, giving yourself, you know, a 30 days just to kind of see how your body responds, I think is always, especially if people, you just aren't able to figure out what is going on. And so often I know we, we can feel so lost in our illness or so lost in the, in the unknown of what's going on with our bodies. Yes, I definitely agree. And I'm so curious, did you find any weird food sensitivities as you went through it? Like for myself, I know that 
I now can't overdo it with nuts and seeds. Or even if I overdo it with something like eggs, then I can definitely have a reaction. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go AIP. Absolutely. Grains entirely. So no go for me. me. Nuts and seeds significantly cut. We don't have them in the house anymore. I do a little bit of almond milk, but that's it. Found that to be um, disruptive. And I had a love affair with eggs and eggs are pretty much out. I make an, I think I've had eggs maybe four times in this last year. They're just, they're just gone for me. And it's okay. I mean, I, you know, I do a lot of intermittent fasting as well. So I typically don't eat breakfast. So for me, that's made it easier. Is it like, well, I'm not having breakfast. So uh, you know, eggs aren't on the table. It doesn't really matter. But otherwise, you know, I've always been in love with veggies. I've always been in love with healthy fats like coconut and, and avocado. Thank goodness avocados were not on that I list. Know, I don't know what God. I would have done. <laughs> same, same with coconut. I love it. Yeah. And the, the veggies that we love. I mean, the, the nightshades, I didn't really have a re- reaction to them. So we, we, we brought them in. I'm mindful. I'm not eating a, a gajillion tomatoes. But but those never seem to cause any problems for me in particular. That's the beautiful thing about stripping it down. I always tell my audience is we just don't know. And so often, even if you've got something going on in the gut, it may not show up there. It may show up as a headache. It may show up as a joint issue. It may show up as a rash or a breakout. It may, it may show up as brain fog or an inability to sleep or an anxiousness. So it may not be gas and bloating or constipation. It's really looking at all of that and how you're feeling as a whole. But I would say that my in that journey, especially on that healing journey of Hajimoto's, because I'm in remission now and very much in the same space you were, just taking a good chunk of time to really honor my body's healing process. But the food, Samantha, was everything. It was everything. It is the thing that I lean on the most. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever I'm feeling off, there's always like, okay, what did I eat? Right. It's always where I look first. Like, what did I eat in these last few days? And I know it doesn't sound very sexy, but no, it's not sexy. You know, it's, it does not at all. And and the other thing is, it might be really worthwhile for people listening to even just do a food journal, like over seven days. Just write it all down. Write everything that you're eating, everything that you're drinking, and then write down that mental and emotional things that are showing up for you every day. How are you feeling? You know, what's going on with digestion? What's going on with your brain fog and your energy? And it can be really quite profound to look back over those seven days. And it can really give you some clues and some answers. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned insulin and, you know, we, we don't, sometimes we don't realize the connection, you know, when we think about hormones, it's estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, maybe thyroid, but they're also interconnected. And we know that insulin has a profound impact on the thyroid and vice versa. It's interconnected with our cortisol levels. And, and you're absolutely right. If there's any level of insulin sensitivity or, you know, we're having too much going on, it doesn't take a lot to tilt it in the wrong direction to feel off. And that's what I love so much about the book as well, is it's really mindful of that. You know, for me, I just have to assume that a lot of us are probably consuming way more sugar than we should. And that it doesn't take a lot to tip the scale in the wrong direction. I know for me, sugar's gone most of the time, but sometimes it kind of like sneaks in and ooh, does it feel like a hangover the next day? Like it's so true. It's it doesn't take a lot. And it could even be that you've had a big time break, you bring that back in. And you, your body's like, what are you doing to me? Like, what is going on here? 
and it just throws everything off kilter. So I'm so grateful that we're addressing that right now on listening in, in this interview, but also it's an area that you address inside of the book as well. The importance of that. And we sometimes, we kind of compartmentalize insulin and sugar and diabetes over here in this little box when it really needs to be a part of the entire picture. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because I often feel that when we say insulin, people instantly think, well, I'm not diabetic, so this doesn't affect me. But we all have insulin, so we're all affected by this. And you can even have normal blood sugar levels show up on your blood work, but you could still have raging blood sugar issues going on. So it's really one of those things to start paying attention to because I always call it like a master hormone. And once it really like you said, tips the scales, then you're really going to symptomatically have a lot of issues that can show up, especially for women like, for example, PCOS, right? If we have chronically high levels of insulin, it can cause our ovaries to overproduce testosterone. And then this is why I have so many women that email me and they're like, I have hair growth on my chin and I have like the cystic acne that's showing up. Like what is going on? And the first thing is always like, what are you eating? Like, let's look at what that sugar intake is like. And even when we think about quote unquote healthy sugars, that's also something to be conscious of because I can fall into the category too of just like overdoing it on a little bit too much raw honey or a little bit too much maple syrup. And even though these are much better options, they're still sugar and they're still going to impact your blood sugar levels. And also to keep in mind that if we're switching over to things like stevia or xylitol or monk fruit. Like I love using monk fruit because it doesn't impact your sugar levels. But the thing to keep in mind is that even though we might be switching over to some of these healthier sugars, we're still so obsessed with that need to have something sweet. So it's like we have to retrain our palates to really start craving more bitter or like neutral flavors. This is why I'm such a big fan of things like rapini and dandelion grains and Swiss chard, like things that are a lot bitter, it actually does retrain your palate. And then as you do start to eat more sugar, you'll realize like, wow, this is actually quite sweet. Absolutely. Arugula too is a big one. That oh, we I just, love that oh, one. My just favorite green. Uh, and it's so true. We A little story. When I first broke up with sugar about 11 years ago, we were doing these little coffee runs. I was in practice and we would go to Pete's Coffee and I would get a Americano, no sugar. Uh, and this is before almond milk and even soy milk. It was, like, it was a thing. Yeah. So crazy that, that was, it wasn't that long ago. So I would do non-fat milk or nothing at all, but it was, I was so proud of making the no sugar. But then a little French bakery had opened and they were giving little treats out. And so initially it was like a treat and then an, another treat. And then like two months went by, we were stopping in the little bakery every day and girl, it got out of control <laughs> like, <Sure>. it, <laughs> real quick. And what we decided we were like, we're doing a full breakup with sugar. And it was really just the sugar, sugar, the things that we talked about earlier, the cakes, the ice creams, the cookies, and, and any processed grains, like super, super processed. But I'm sure some grains stayed in because um, at the time, you know, this is 11 years ago, I didn't know what I know today. And it changed everything. I ended up breaking up with sugar. This was like mid-October till the end of the year. And the food freedom 
I, I felt like I had broken up with this massive addiction. It was so crazy. And, and our, my, my dear friend who did it with me, the, the doctor in the office, she would get these horrible breakouts all under her chin and on her like lo- kind of that lower neck area anytime she ate sugar. And it was just a clear indicator that things were going awry inside of the body. And ever since then, that 10 years from now, occasionally I'll, I'll fall back off. I'll fall off the sugar wagon, not for very long, immediately feel like crap and then just get right back to where I was. And to have that food free, like I, girl, I could smell sugar. I could walk into a restaurant and <laughs> totally. smell it. I mean, I could, I could taste it in a, in a, in a mini second. And I got to a point where it was, it was just too much for my palate. And I'm so grateful for that experience. And, and very rarely do you find people who are like just willing to just break up with sugar for 30 days. But if you are willing to do it, I just want to encourage it because man, it breaks so many dependencies and it resets everything in it our body. It really does. Yeah. In such a short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be 30 days. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, I think in three days I read somewhere that like your insulin receptors can really start to change over in just a matter of, of three days. So and this is why so many women, as I'm sure you've experienced, who've gone through your programs or who go through my sugar detox or anything like that, it's like a couple of days in, they're like, wow, like I noticed such a difference already. You know, it really can happen so quickly. And that's amazing because if you're noticing those those results that quickly, it's more encouragement for you to want to stick with it and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I'm so glad we got to have the sugar conversation. And I'm so glad you mentioned too, those, what we quote unquote, think are safe sugars, you know, and how those can get us in trouble. And we don't honestly, I have literally no sugar. There are no grains. There's no sugar. There's no honey. There's no maple syrup. We have nothing in this house. We don't even have stevia. My mom and my sister wow. call this the boring house. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> We do not want to come over to your house. We have um, three different types of cinnamon. So if you guys want cinnamon, you can love come that, over. Um, which is a great <laughs> sugar balancer. So yeah, we add yeah. it to matcha green, like matcha lattes. You know, we've learned that when it's not in the house, we just don't, we don't fall to temptation on that. And, you know, if I want to, if I want something sweet, I am going to go out to the gluten-free or like the, the organic place and I'm going to make the drive and I'm going to do the thing and buy the one, the one little mini cupcake. Or you know what right. I'm saying, but like yep, yep. Um, the one little yummy asahi bowl, because if it's in the house, it's just, you know, willpower is it's a whole nother beast. Of Especially course. Especially when we're stressed. I always tell Absolutely. people, we, we completely take over our willpower centers when we're stressed. Survival wins. It's so true. Yeah. Every single time, every single time. I wanted to quickly shift gears because you did talk about it briefly. And I think it's something that we keep shoving to the wayside because we don't think it really matters. Or we hear about it, and but we still don't do it. And that is sleep. You know, so many of us as women, we are, I, I cannot tell you how incredibly in awe I am every single day of women. The things that I see women do on a day-to-day basis just blows my mind. What we're able to accomplish, the things we're able to do in a single day is just superwoman capacity beyond anything I've ever seen. We sacrifice sleep a lot, either because we're worried or our, we think we can. that's our work time. Talk to me about why we, it's a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. And you know, I often feel that these free health tools that we have at our fingertips are often the ones that we neglect. 
we often think like we have to go spend thousands and thousands of dollars to go get healthy. And listen, that might at some point be the case and you might need to invest in some testing and get some support. But we have these tools right at our fingertips that can really help move the needle sleep being one of the biggest ones. So like I said earlier, you know, if we're not sleeping, we're not healing. And when we're sleeping, it's an opportunity for our body to regenerate and to renew and to detoxify. And so it's so important to make it a priority. And again, it's one of those very unsexy things to do, but it really is essential. So it's something that I have to always remind myself of because I come from my, in my 20s, I was a bartender. I was staying up really, really late. And I, you know, that's how I paid to go to university. And so I was bartending like four to five nights a week. But of course, in your 20s, like your resiliency is so different oh, than yeah. it is you as you age. Think about it. What time would really you get don't. done from your bar shift? I bartended too to get myself through my doctorate program. It paid my mortgage. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. I, oh my God, I sometimes even hate admitting it. Like we would, okay, so last call is at two. Oh my gosh. So you had, you had a really, really late night. Okay. Yes. So four yeah. o'clock. Yeah. yeah. I get home anywhere between four and 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had worked in places like that. Eventually I, you know, cause then you'd get back up and go back to school. Oh my gosh. It was like four hours of sleep. I would literally fall asleep in class. Like, I mean, cause I was so exhausted, but I finally found a position where I was home by one, you know, it was a, a, a like a little jazz club and that, like, oh, the, that's huge. and so they would close at 11 and then by like 1230 and then drive home one o'clock I was in bed. That was the time I honestly thought I could get away with all of it. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I can totally relate. And it's so funny because I remember a friend of mine also a bartender and we would work really late and he would go to, he would go to our classes the next day with his pillow and his bowl of cereal, no joke. And he would sit in the back of the room and he would eat his cereal and he would like listen for 10 minutes and then take out his pillow and fall asleep. And the professor could not see him. And I'm like, what's the point of you even coming here if this is what you're doing? Oh my God, that's so hilarious. I had friends who would text me because my phone would be in my hand. I I, I didn't fall asleep often, but I had enough people in my class, like good friends of mine who would just like nudge me or text me or wake me up one way or the other. But yeah, I mean, you're just, you're exhausted ultimately. It's amazing. I, I still wonder how I, cause I know exactly what you were experiencing, like how we got, how, how much we took it for granted. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And then you'd wake up and go to school and like, like you said on four hours and that just, you can do that over and over and over again, but you can't do that when you're in your thirties. No, just, you can't. It just doesn't work that way. So it's so important to prioritize sleep. And I always tell women too, you know, if you're winding down at the end of the night with a glass of wine and Netflix, like, listen, there are days where that's going to be okay and that's fine. But if that's what our everyday nightly routine is, then we have an issue, you know, especially because the alcohol, how your liver is going to process that, it's going to affect getting into deep sleep or REM sleep. And, you know, and then of course, if you're in front of the TV all night, or if you're on your computer all night or in front of your phone and on social media and things like that, you're now exposing yourself to this blue light, which is going to shut down your melatonin production. You're going to have more irritable sleep. 
So again, something that's not very sexy, but blue blocking glasses, they can be really, really helpful, especially if you are watching TV at night or in front of your computer, especially during the day. Like I wear them when I'm at my computer because I'm at my computer a lot during the day. And so not only to just minimize the strain on your eyes, but to really help support that blue light, which is what I call junk light. And it really does impact your your hormonal health and it impacts your sleep. And then it's this whole nasty cycle. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, chronic fatigue, one of the biggest drivers of chronic fatigue is circadian rhythm disruption. And so if you are experiencing, you're feeling tired, you're dragging your booty throughout the day, that is very much a cause for concern around sleep and to look into it. I absolutely agree. We've got to be mindful about the technology that we're using at night. And you know what? We deserve a 30 minutes to an hour at night for ourselves. We deserve to rest relish in our sleep routine. Get cozy. It's not a time to Tasmanian devil yourself into bed. (laughs) No, get your book, get your oils, get your diffuser, maybe a little aromatic dressing, do your your affirmations. Like if people try to mess with my sleep routine, I swear to goodness, I'm I'm like a bulldog. Actually, bulldogs are very sweet. I don't know what I would be, but like Godzilla, like um, (laughs) I I will choke you out if you mess with my, my, my evening ritual. It is my time. Yes. No, it's, it's important. And women need to create those boundaries around their sleep, right? That's your sleep is your self-care. And sometimes I think when we think about self-care, we think of, oh, going for a massage or getting a manicure and a pedicure. And that can be part of it. Absolutely. But it's the everyday rituals and sleep is just such a huge, huge, important something that we need to make more of a priority and it's so important. And just going back to what you said about circadian rhythm, I'm just curious, do you, do you have the aura ring? I do not have the aura ring. We actually just ordered them. They're coming right now. Like everyone around me has one. So I'm like, okay, okay. And that's the thing is that even though you think you may be getting great, you're, you're sleeping that eight hours, it may not be high quality. And so for me, I just knock out like that. Like I got my book, I got my oils, I got my whole thing. And I get, I, I, I am an eight hour sleeper. However, I'm really curious to see what kind of quality sleep I'm getting, you know, and that's where we, we have the technology, but tell me, I do, I take it. You have one. I do. And yes. I got it back in 2017, I think. And it's so interesting. Cause just like you said, you you're getting eight hours of sleep and you're, you know, you make it a priority. You think you're getting great sleep, but then you track it with your aura ring. And so for myself, I noticed that I was getting a lot of REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, but I actually wasn't getting enough deep sleep. So of course, if you're not getting deep sleep on the regular, one of the reasons why you're going to feel really, really tired and like you're dragging yourself through the day, you're not getting that like deep restorative sleep. So one of the things that I started to implement was making it more of a priority to go outside and expose myself to to the sunlight and even if it wasn't sunny it doesn't even matter if it's gray skies you know of course i'm here in canada it's really cold right now so i don't love going outside but i do it anyways because getting that natural light really helps to set your circadian rhythm and helps to support your melatonin production, even though I might be going for a walk during the day, it's still going to help support that melatonin production at nighttime. And so I started to notice that the more time I spent outside, the deeper sleep that I would get. Mm, so. 100%. I even, I mean, the second we have clearly a blackout curtains and the first thing I do in the morning is I just open those up 
And then I go outside. I mean, you know, I live in San Diego. And yes. so it's not, I mean, it's, I mean, I am literally looking at the ocean right now in this conversation. Oh, and joy. <laughs> it's bright and sunny. One of our dear friends, um, Bridget Danner just arrived at my house. And so we're going to go take a walk outside um, and enjoy the sun, but so, so important. For, and I love that. And, and there's so many benefits to being outside besides the getting that, that sunlight out the gate. Mind you, it's, it's not as cold as it is where you're at, but right. <laughs> um, it's you, even that, even five, 10 minutes makes all the difference. It really, really does. Yes. And if you can make that a priority first thing in the morning, when you get up, it's so amazing for helping to really reset your circadian rhythm. And uh, so I'd be so curious to see what you notice with your aura ring. It's really, really insightful because again, like we now have this technology, which is really great. It's right over at our fingertips and it just gives us this data about our health. And, and then from there, we can just make tweaks and adjustments and it really helps us to, to thrive. Absolutely. I love technology like that, where we can kind of just kind of, we can tweak it. We can analyze it. Like it's, it's so hard to know what to change if you can't measure it. Absolutely. Um, and mind you, you know, so much of our conversation has been about just bringing on these beautiful, healthy lifestyle techniques, bringing on this beautiful food and, and not always needing doctors to look at all the labs and all the things all the time. However, it's nice that we can have technology that we can leverage in our own way, that we can make these lifestyle tweaks and changes. It's, it's not like having to run a full massive panel, having a functional doctor look at everything. It's very cost effective. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. When you wrote this book, I'm going to switch gears just for a second. Like what was, the, what was the full intention? What were you really hoping women would achieve with reading it and, and really doing it? Yeah. So I initially thought to myself, okay, if I had 30 days to spend with a woman, what would I really want her to know? What would I want her to know about her cycle, about her hormones and sleep and detox and nutrition? Like those foundational strategies that really move the needle. And so that's really how the book was born was those foundational things that I know every single woman can implement and in 30 days can notice such an incredible shift in their energy and their hormonal health and just how they're feeling day to day. And so that's that's really the premise of the book. And I do feel, again, you know, like I said earlier, I feel like there's so many of these free, simple tools that we forget about. And sometimes they just don't sound very sexy. And so we neglect them. And I really want women to start recognizing that nothing beats those foundational strategies like sleep and like our nutrition and like movement and going outside for a walk. And so I really wanted to educate women on that. So in the book, I dive into so many great topics from understanding your cycle and different phases of your cycle. We dive into adrenal health and thyroid health. I give some really amazing protocols. And then we talk about sleep and digestion and gut health and detoxification. And then the second half of the book, there's a 30-day meal plan. Everything is gluten-free and grain-free. And there might be one or two recipes that have a little bit of goat cheese or feta cheese in there, which is totally optional. And then they can follow the 30-day meal plan. And there are six 60 delicious, amazing recipes. Mm, I love it. Now, where is it available? I take it it's Amazon. Where where can we grab it? Yes. So it is on Amazon and pretty much any you know online source where you can get books from. Um, you can obviously check your local bookstores in here in Canada on Indigo. And then of course, Amazon everywhere. 
yeah. And then you can also head on over to hormonesolutionbook.com. And we do have over 350 amazing online giveaways and bonuses for anybody that does order the book. And you can just head on over to, again, that URL is hormonesolutionbook.com and they can just enter their name and their email with their receipt number. And we've got an autoimmune healing meal plan and a guide and resource teaching women all about the top hormonal labs to ask their doctor about. And then there's also a really great gut healing plan as well and a guide. So they can get all of that uh, for free when they get the book. Wonderful. I love it. Well, Samantha, honey, it was such a pleasure to have you come on and share your brilliance, girl. I am so excited. This book is amazing. I'm putting the links in. I'll have the links for both. I want you guys to go and grab this book. It's gonna, it's just so incredible. You're going to love the recipes and it's just going to feel so easy to integrate this into your life. Thank you, honey, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for your support. It means a lot. Absolutely. All right. See you soon. Thank you. I know it can feel redundant, and I bet you may be thinking that hormones can't be fixed so easily, just with food, deep restful sleep, and reducing stress, but I promise those are the foundations. You've got to have the foundation in place, and food, when it comes to foundation, is everything. Now, to hear Samantha share her story of reversing Hajimoto's didn't surprise me at all, because it's exactly how I did it too last year. As I eliminated the big inflammatory players in my diet for several weeks, I started to get my energy back and I felt like I had my life back. I remember crying tears of relief that I had cracked the code to my illness and I was on the road towards healing. And I so badly want that for you too. Whether it's an autoimmune condition or stubborn belly fat, or you think that there is nothing you can do because you are past menopause, I want you to know that it doesn't need to be complicated. Focusing on food is the first step and it will always be that. And that's why I'm excited to share Samantha's book with you today. The 30 Day Hormone Solution shares principles that I share on the show each and every week. And it's absolutely worth getting your hands on. Now the link to the book and the book website bonuses will be in the show notes for episode 165. And do not forget to join me, hang out with me on the Detox Masterclass tonight, which is February 11th or Thursday, February 13th to finally crush those cravings, increase your energy and drop that stubborn belly fat. And not only that, but experience powerful results to repairing your gut, liver and your hormones. I will be sharing this and so much more. The link will also be in the show notes for 165 or just go to drmarisa.com slash masterclass, sorry, slash drmarisa.com slash detox masterclass right now to register and get those amazing detox recipes as well. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, I am bringing on Karen Shanks to share her powerful concept in her healing journey. She is the master of helping people rewrite their healing story for lasting health. Until then, I hope to see you at the masterclass today or Thursday. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode.